a Radio 191 FM podcast. 191 FM, it's the Otago Museum Breakfast Show. Um, right now we're going to talk about uh, the ongoing anti-government protests uh, in Hong Kong, which have uh, been raging since June, um, uh, with no sign of abating, I guess. Um, of course, Hong Kong uh, has been, since 1997, a special administered region of the People's Republic of China after the end of British rule uh, that came about at the end of the first Opium Wars in 1842, uh, and then um, in 1889 um, it turned into a 99-year well, lease, and then getting independence, well, not independence, but um, going from... Um, British rule to Chinese rule in 1997, as I said before. And right now, um, I'm joined by a couple of guests. We've got Jonathan uh, and um, uh, a guest that will not be named uh, this morning. Um, good morning to you both. Good morning. Thank you for having us. You are more than welcome. Um, right. What's first of all? I mean, we know what we know about Hong Kong, uh, but what's the political structure with Hong Kong? How much of it is self-governed? Are there elections? What's the government system like? So, Hong Kong's supposed to be an autonomous region of China. Yeah. We have our own government and we have a facade of democracy. Yeah. So it's um, like representative, representative democracy where you elect people to elect for you. But the whole Legislative Council which makes the laws Half of it's elected by Chinese government, basically. Yeah. And the other half is elected. And um, out of those elected, I think there's some seats reserved for business, uh, different type of industries. So like medicine, educational. And most businesses tend to be Mm pro-China. And so it ends up being a largely Chinese, pro-Beijing dominated legislative council, which um, passes our laws, um, reviews the different administrative stuff, and um, they also select our chief executive, yeah, which is um, selected by the, in turn selected by the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. It's we have the facade of democracy because we get we can see that they get voting. Everyone has like the people who are elected out gets to vote for chief executive, yeah, but technically it's really controlled by the Beijing government on who gets to be elected or who gets to join the election. So if you get to vote for half of the people that are on there, and you're saying that um, a lot of those people that get in through the elections are pro-Beijing anyway, why are the people voting for them? Um, I think I... I'm not too sure um, about the half thing. Yeah. I think it was more like... um, because there's 70 seats, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's 35 seats for... Um, out of the 35, half is Chinese-selected. Yeah. Half is um, Democracy Party. Yeah. And the other 35 is from um, businesses. Yeah. Okay, so, so, um, that makes so how do the business people get... They just get pushed on by, by um, the boards of, of the businesses? I mean, so, or um, is that just something that has to happen? So it's basically you... If you're in that industry, yeah, you get to apply to be a voter. Yeah. And then you pick someone out of your um, That's, industry. Wow. It's, it's, it's a weird system, I have to say. That is a really weird system. That and is a really weird system. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what sparked these protests? Um, why, why don't you want criminals to be extradited to, to the mainland to, fa- to face justice? So, um, at the moment, the, the Chinese 
government has um, a really not transparent legal system. Mm. And we've seen in Hong Kong that um, book sellers selling restricted books in China being somewhat disappeared and then reappearing in China and being prosecuted for selling books. Yeah. That was before the whole extradition thing. Yeah. And we can see that from history standpoint, uh, historical standpoint, we can see that China, the Chinese government, the Beijing government, has um, took down political adversaries with um, fake, not fake, but not specific um, charges, criminal charges. Yeah, yeah. And we're just afraid that if Hong Kong people can be extradited to China, yeah, that anyone who has a political adversary against the Beijing government they'll, can just be... They'll moved. just make up charges. Yeah, and then yeah. just say, we want you to come to China so we can prosecute you. Yeah, so in, so essentially, in the, if, if this had come to force, all those that are protesting could have essentially been extradited. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, uh, and, and charged with probably, you know, making a public nuisance yeah, yeah. or something like that, and, and, and then chump up more charges uh, and, and then end up... Um, who knows where? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so you're saying also that people just disappear. Yeah. Um, so technically there's no official statement of what happened to them. Yeah. But we just know they disappeared in a bookstore. Yeah. And then reappeared in China a few weeks later, I think. Yeah, weeks. So how do youth in Hong Kong feel? Do you feel Chinese? Like, you know, I mean... Um, where do you sit? Because it must be really interesting because I guess your parents uh, were in a place where they were under British rule and had all the freedoms uh, accustomed to that. Uh, and, and then um, when it changed hands in 97 and, and you guys would have been born around that time a few years later, um, things kind of gradually changed, but not too much. I mean, um, you're still very, you know, quite a wee way away from from, from um, the Chinese way of life. So how do you feel as, as Hong Kong youth? Well, personally, I, like, on passport and on any document, yeah, we would write Chinese. But if someone do ask me, I would say I'm from Hong Kong. I'm a Hong Konger. I am not Chinese. We are very different. And, you know, people do fight back. I know people do say, like, they are the same thing. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's really, you know, how you feel about yourself and your viewpoint. Yeah. And I do argue back that it's very different. The culture, the food, the language, everything is different to China. And, like, I mean, we do have the right to go on Facebook, to use Facebook, mm. etc. Like, you know, China banned that. That's... You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. For them, but it's different for us. Yes, yeah, so you have a lot more freedoms to, to those on the mainland. Um, so, is, um, essentially what's going on now is, you know, we've seen over the years since 1997, we've seen things spring up like the Umbrella Revolution in, in 2014. Are these, you know, are, are these an extension of, of what goes on then? Um, you know, um, whenever China tries to stick its head in somewhere and change something, is you know, are we always going to see this kind of thing? Well, I personally think that there's a growing s- stage of resentment, sort of, mm-hmm. to Chinese interference. Yeah. Because um, as the, um, these protests evolve and progress, you see more and more young people get arrested, more young people coming out. There's um, 2,400-ish people arrested at this point for these protests. And um, I think, what was the percentage? 
Oh, I can't remember the percentage. I remember like at least 400 or 700 of them are under 18. Yeah. And a majority of them are actually under 15 as well. So actually in middle school or high school. And so you can see that this growing resentment starts from a young age and it it really shows how we have morphed into we can see more clearly how the Chinese government has been interfering with our supposed uh, autonomy. Yeah. And you can see the difference because young people are coming out they're having a stand for themselves. Because in Hong Kong we were taught I was taught at least to be politically um not involved politically. Just be just, neutral. Yeah, keep your head down, earn yeah. your money. Because that's what Hong Kong's a really economic city. Yeah, it's it's a business town. Yeah. And so everyone's mindset is like, I don't mess with politics. Yeah. I'll just do my own thing, earn money, have a good life, and that's it. Yeah. But at this point, I feel like it's morphed to a point where you can't not have a political view. It's because the whole way of life is threatened as you can like extradite people and they have more and more interference of our daily lives which is um slightly not what the british and the chinese promised in 1997 yeah yeah because it's going against the promises uh and you know you're doing this pretty much for your neighbor right i mean Mm -hmm. everybody's standing up for everybody else's rights as, as individuals and rights as um people of of hong kong um do you fear that eventually china will try to gain full control so at the moment, our lease—not uh, our lease—our um, autonomy is promised until 2047. Re- really? Is yes. That, oh, I had, had, I had no idea. Yeah. So um, when the British gave Hong Kong back to the Chinese sovereignty, mm-hmm. it was promised that we have 50 years of autonomy. Yeah. Which will end in 2047. Yeah. And so until that point, we were supposed to have autonomy, autonomous government, democracy. Yeah. But after that, it's whatever China wants to do with us, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And so I think what the whole protest currently is about is trying to maintain that promise. And um, because China's not supposed to interfere with anything except um, national defense and what's something else? Uh, foreign affairs. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as we see more interference in our democracy, in our daily lives, in surveillance... Um, people are just starting to notice how much this affects them as a person and that's why they're coming out and having a say and that's why you see two million people which is a third of Hong Kong's population coming out on the street and protesting what's happening now yeah that's incredible it's Mm. incredible people power I mean how much are uh, are, like the security forces and the police and stuff connected to Beijing (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) alright should we should we revoke I can revoke that question oh no it's fine it's just (laughs) Well, allegedly there are supposed like there are Beijing police down in the Hong Kong police force. Mm-hmm. So that's not confirmed. That's not confirmed. That's allegations and yeah. speculations. Yeah, yeah. I have to clarify. Yeah, that's definitely not confirmed. But you do like there are video clips of the police speaking in Mandarin Mm -hmm. and the funniest thing was like they come out for a press conference and they clear up that rumour saying that because they have a mask on you can't hear what they're saying in fact they are actually speaking Cantonese but in the actual video that live footage whatever like you can definitely hear Mandarin so people from that point onward people are saying you know maybe there are Chinese police come like have already came down mm-hmm. to Hong Kong and 
they are working together but nothing's confirmed and you know there's no statement that has come forward to confirm that just to add to that really quick um the law states that chinese military or forces cannot come to hong kong unless the chief executive specifically asks for it yeah. or if it's national defense yeah okay do you think oh well I've been, maybe I shouldn't ask that <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay so what are the goals now because we know that the the, the uh, a bill that initially sparked um, this round of protests has now been officially withdrawn so the extradition bill uh, will not be going ahead um, but it's it's more if it's changed yep. from that initial point um, so what are we looking at now and what uh, do the protesters want so there's the six demands at this point um, it was withdraw the extradition bill which is completed yep. which is apparently too little too late according to Hong Kong people mm -hmm. which I agree um, there's retract the riot um, term for the protests. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's uh, releasing uh, amenity for all the people who were arrested for protesting. There was um, dual universal suffrage, so democracy, actual democracy for um, chief executive and legislative council. Mm -hmm. And the most important one was to set up an ind independent investigation of the police force in Hong Kong. Because this has started from um, a purely political anti-extradition law yeah. protest. And in the three months that they took to withdraw it, we have seen increasing police brutality against um, the Hong Kong people. And we have seen that, in, for example, in July 21st, right, there was white people in white shirt mm. with bamboo sticks and just beating up random people in... Yeah the Yunlong train station um, and the police took more than an hour to arrive to the scene which is appalling because you see in other um, parts of Hong Kong where actual protests has happened police probably go um, arrives in like a minute or two yeah. and tries to push everything down and you also you see in the thing that happened in July 21st you see two um, uniformed police officers watching them and leaving yeah they just walked away yeah without and anything like they didn't do anything they just walked away and it was sad to see because like there was actual beating up like yeah. there was blood there was a lot of that mm -hmm. and the police just did nothing so as a kid i was raised to be like um police people uh, policemen officers are here to serve us they yes. uphold justice yes but then across the three four months that we've seen it's becoming more and more obvious that they became a political tool of the government trying to crack down on anything especially yeah. when they um introduced the anti-masks law which is which prevents any hong kong citizen from wearing a mask in public with um a gathering yeah in any legal or illegal gatherings halloween's coming up what are you gonna do on halloween sorry <laughs> <laughs> i guess we can't cover our faces <laughs> um I would have thought that you know, well now that you've said that, um, you know this 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 uh, what you, the system you have now is basically going to be gone in, in twenty forty seven. That Beijing will be doing all they can to appease the people for an easy transition uh, to whatever the makeup of Hong Kong is going to be post that year. Yeah. Um, I'm fearful. So am I. I'm so really, is everyone. Yeah, I'm really fearful. I'm really sorry. Um, 
Right, is there anything else you want to say before we um, move on to the statement? Um, or you want to move on to that now? Yeah, do you have anything to say? Um, go for it. Okay, I've got notes. Okay, so I just want to say that to those who are threatening us, we will keep standing up against injustice and tell everyone what is actually happening in Hong Kong. We have the right to express our opinion in New Zealand, which is a democratic country. This is called freedom of speech and hope you all can respect us and the human rights. And also on the side note, we're not looking for independence. Yep. Like, Hong Kong people don't want independence because mm-hmm. we can't it's afford... It's Yeah. Yeah. That. Um, we just want you know, demo- democratic and we want the human rights and now it's not really a politic thing, it's really like about human rights and the police brutality and kids being arrested and parents scared, like scared for their life of what's going to happen to their kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to add something as well. Um, we've, get, we've gotten a lot of um, aggression and hate because supposedly we are asking for Hong Kong as an independent state. I have to clarify that we are not looking for independence of Hong Kong mm-hmm. because that's the misconception. Yeah. We are looking for both parties, um, China, Hong Kong and the British government to uphold what the promise they made yeah. in t- uh, 1997 to respect our autonomy, respect our basic law, which includes freedom of speech, freedom of gathering, um, and protests mm-hmm. and we're just trying to keep that promise until 2047 at least and um, so we're not looking for independence I yeah. just have to clarify that yeah yeah very much and so. emphasize that yeah because we do get a lot of hate from that yeah not I don't think anyone in Hong Kong's fighting for independence it's more of human rights and to stop police brutality first off and to hope parties honor the promise they made. Yeah. Instead of Hong Kong yeah. as an independent. But there were guarantees made in nineteen ninety seven and yeah. they should be upheld. Yeah. Yeah. The rule of law should be that that rule of law and you shouldn't be able to go in and change things. Yeah. Uh, as as you see fit. Uh, that's not the way agreements work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh and, and in Beijing shouldn't be scared that you're trying to crumble the government. Yeah. It, just, it seems that way that they think well, you know, it seems to me, to me personally, yeah. and this is me speaking, not you two, um, that they're fearful is some reason there's gonna be some national uprising or something. Or, or, or something's going to spark but Beijing has enough control in China to not have to be scared of what's going on in, in Hong Kong and just let you live the lives that you were promised yeah um, right well, thank you both for coming in thank you for having thank us again for having us. Uh, you are more than welcome um, ho- I hope um, you get everything you want uh, it's only fair and right and just um, so um, I, I um, to the people of Hong Kong, um, well done for upholding and trying to uphold your rights uh, and, and, and staring down a, a pretty scary face. Um, you've done yourselves proud and you've done uh, future generations proud as well. Thank you so much for coming in once again. That was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.